Blog Talk Radio. My name is Neil Holland. I'm a retired captain with Eastern Airlines and producer of the show. And if you're listening in on the show's website, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie, that's abbreviated Captain, C-A-P-T-E-D-D-I-E, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. And you'd like to call in and talk with our guest, our host, or just to add your, your memories then why not call us right now at area code 213-816-1611. I'll see your number on the caller's board and ask if you'd like to join the host and share those memories with us, especially if they're kind of funny today memories. We're a satellite-based radio station, and we're heard around the world. As a matter of fact... We have listeners in over 50 countries now. Now, again, let me repeat the number. If you'd like to add your comments to our listening audience, it's 213-816-1611. Call us now and 
add your comments. We'd like to hear from you. As usual, we have hosts from around the U.S. that join us in these airline radio talk shows. And today we have uh, uh, about five I see on the board here, four on the board. So I'm going to start off with the first one that I see, and I believe it is Captain Jim Harris, way out in Texas. <clears throat> Captain Jim, how, how, how's the weather out there? Hey, uh, Neil, it's been generally pretty good, but however, last night, we got uh, I got about, oh, about three-quarters of an inch of rain a day or two ago, and uh, we had a cold front come through, and the low last night was 40 degrees. Oh, boy. And at the moment, it's up to balmy 51. So I don't okay. know. I grew up in Tennessee, and used to, it was colder and stink there. And I don't know <laughs> how I did it because I'm not, I'm not too happy with cold weather. I, the first day is below 68 degrees. I'm saying, come on, springtime. I, that's <laughs> so, one thing I, I love about you Southerners. I'm one, too, and that is your descriptive adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Uh, okay. I, Thanks. I don't know how I don't know how I lived through it, Neil. I but I carried newspapers from the eighth grade to a junior in college, and I rode a okay. motorcycle year round. And it, I'd have to be there at five thirty during the week, and I'd get scattered my newspaper, get home at seven o'clock in the morning. And uh-huh. sometimes I'd have ice on me, and my mama had to pry me off that thing. She'd feed me <laughs> breakfast and send me off to school to go do the same thing again. But it didn't kill me. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, very good. All right, uh, now let's see. Let's see uh, over in the Panhandle of Florida, uh, where the hurricanes uh, missed this year. You guys over there in Pace, Florida, Margaret Bars. Hello, Margaret. What's happening in your area? Hey, hey, Captain Neal. Hello to all the co-hosts and listeners. Um, well. I never rode a motorcycle uh, in high school or college, but um, I can totally identify, Jim, with cold weather being from Kentucky. It's awful, isn't it? Uh, I think it's it up really in the is. 30s there right now. <laughs> but anyway, over here in Pensacola, um, we are going to have a very cloudy day today. Uh, it's going to be around 75 but tonight it's going to get down into the low 40s, and we're going to have the 30s for the rest of the week and in the wow. low 60s. So I'm pulling out my electric mattress pad, popping it on my bed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, from where you are, Margaret, uh, the cold weather just heads east on Interstate 10, and it eventually arrives on the east coast where I am in St. Augustine. So uh, we'll mm-hmm. be expecting some chillier weather, I guess, not too long from now. And, uh, okay, very good. Now, let's see where Janie Hughes. Janie, I uh, got your microphone Hello, open. So where are you? And tell us what's happening in your backyard. Well, today I'm in central Florida. Specifically, I'm at the lake house in Auburndale and weathered the storm quite well. And uh, just happy to be here, celebrated a wonderful Veterans Day, and spending time with you today to hear funny stories. And my funniest stories actually came um, during the time, the ten and a half years that I was a stewardess slash flight attendant 
uh, I got to be both, and it was the most joyous time in my life and an eye-opener coming from a strict southern home with um, seven siblings that were overachievers. <laughs> wow. My, uh, my stories came from the airline days, and um, I look back on those years, and I know why they are still doing funny stories about it, and uh, the one with Gwyneth Paltrow being a stewardess. They still call themselves stewardesses in the funny movies that they do. But well. my passengers, I enjoyed my passengers so much. And when I had children on my flights, I really spent a lot of time with them. And um, I recall a very darling little boy, his family, they were all in first class, and he was sitting beside his mom because dad had his briefcase out and working, and they were the only people um, in a Saturday flight in first class. And so the little boy was just precious in his little man suit, little man haircut, about seven or eight. And so I spent a lot of time talking to him, and um, he commented, he said, oh, you're fingernails are so pretty. I said, well, we are required to polish our fingernails and Revlon Pink is my favorite. And the mother really enjoyed me giving him all the special attention. So when I served the meal, this first class meal, it had, as everybody remembers, the bright green broccoli. And um, he said, uh, when I put the tray down, he looked at it and he said, Ma'am, do I have to eat these little trees? <laughs> and I love broccoli. I never got over that. So when I see trees or broccoli, I always think of that story and and his trees, just uh, precious. So all through my life, I told my nieces and nephews they had to eat their trees in order to grow up to be big and strong. Well, that's good. Now, now, folks, you know which way we're going with this show. <laughs> All right. Very, I, I got area code 908. Thanks, uh, Janie. And we'll hear some more in just a few minutes. But area code 908, I think it's uh, Sharon Moore. Is that you, Sharon? Yes, it is me. <laughs> and I have to laugh about Janie's story because I had an unaccompanied minor in first class and he was a cutie pie, and all the girls kept, you know, talking to him, going back and forth. And I think it was on a DC-9. What happened was um, he liked Coca-Cola. I guess his mother never allowed him to have soda, so I would give him a little bit of soda. And little did I know that everybody else was giving him a little soda. <laughs> <laughs> and when we were deplaning, I had him come first so we could get the red coat. Um, to accompany him up to see his uh, grandmother. I think he was going to go see. Anyway, he's looking at me, standing right in front of me. I was wearing my Don Loper uniform. And he says, I think I'm going to be sick. And I went, okay, well, let's, let's <laughs> go to the restroom. Well, we didn't have time. He did some projectile coke all over my Oh, <laughs> Anyway, he was uh, horrified, and uh, but at the time, what was I supposed to do? But we yeah. did take him up to see his um, his grandmother, and he was okay after that. But I just thought, oh my goodness, such a sweet little boy! And then little did I know, 
<laughs> Which wasn't funny at the time, but you know, what are you going to do? All right, very good. Well, before we tell my first question. story on Captain Harris, I want to ask him: Do they still have those loops that you have to get on in in Dallas I when you're driving <clears throat> from the airport? I do not know. I try to stay out of Dallas. Hadn't been to Dallas in a long time, and I don't really miss it. Oh, good, because I don't uh, miss it either. <laughs> no, I, I remember those loops it. too. Yeah. <laughs> I was in tears okay. trying to get back to the airport. <laughs> well, let's 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 let uh, Frank uh, tell us uh, uh, what people should be doing. Come fly with me. Let's fly. Let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Come fly with me, let's float down. Hey, thanks, Frank. I'm sorry to interrupt you, your, your song there, but I think we've heard uh, that song a few times. But every time I hear him say, uh, let me fly you down to Bombay. I think of Bombay Gin for some reason or another. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> you know, to set the stage for the show today, you've already heard some samplings uh, from uh, Janie and Margaret and uh, and uh, Sharon. Uh, I've got my own, and and this is this is the truth. I've told it several times, and so it must be the truth. It's turning into the truth at least. And uh, I I had a, a real good friend of mine that came on when I told it one time on the on the air about ten years ago or maybe less, and uh, my partner in high school. But uh, here here's an opening uh, that uh, any mischievous child could find humorous. But I was at the end of my childhood days and well into high school when this happened. True story, folks. You know I went to one of those vocational schools. You know where. Where you, you 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 took a vocational course and you got and you got your high school diploma at the same time when you came out at the other end in the twelfth grade uh, you're really not expected to make it into the professional world so uh, so let's let's train to be a plumber or electrician or an auto mechanic or an airline mechanic and 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 cook uh, uh, or, or a cook because we had a great culinary school there at uh, Miami Technical High School is the name of the high school that I went to. But they had a great aviation course there, and I chose to become an aviation mechanic. And during the three years of learning the various trades within the A&P school, I took a welding course. That was part of the the courses you had to take, along with sheet metal, electrical, uh, and the rest of them. Now, here's where the fun began. Lynn Jones or as we called him, Jonesy, he and I were partners with two separate welding desks. Now, a welding desk is where you do your welding, folks, and it's not a a desk to write upon. Uh, His desk was on the right and mine was on the left, and, and it was separated by about three feet. And we were waiting for our welding instructor to come in and give us our assignment in acetylene welding. Well, Jonesy, being the the need-to-keep-busy type of guy, found it boring 
waiting for our instructor. So he tried to find something to do with his time. Be creative, he must have told himself, for he found the pipe tube that is attached to our metal welding desk holding our welding rods. And the desk uh, kind of fascinated him. And I guess he thought to himself, let's see what happens if I put a little acetylene from the acetylene tank and a little oxygen from the oxy tank into that little rod holder. He commenced to do exactly that. Now, nothing really happened. Nothing really happened uh, because you need something to go along with that. And uh, so he picked up the little gadget that we started our torches with. It was called a striker, I believe, the best I can remember. And he struck it right at the top of the tube where the rods were. And this is what it sounded like. That's all it took. Bam. I don't know if you do it again, but bam. It was like an explosive bam you, you just heard. The next thing I heard was nothing, as it was a death-sounding explosion. <laughs> I looked over for Jonesy, and he was off his welding stool and on the floor. The rods became arrows and were stuck in the ceiling. And the little striker was across the room on the floor about 30 feet away. How no one, me included, was seriously hurt or even killed, I'll never know. But looking back, it was one damn funny way to offset boredom in waiting for an instructor. There were so many pranks we pulled in the three years I was there, we could do a show on. However, let's hear some other trouble we tried to get in. And I want to turn to Margaret first and see if you're the mischievous type, Margaret. <laughs> well, Neil, this one happened to yours truly. This is actually a true story. Now, it does not pertain to flying in the air, but um, it happened out in L.A. And so little did I know that this would sort of become a precursor to my future escapades in life because I seemed to naively get into a lot of trouble. But anyway, so <laughs> when I was 19, uh, my college roommate and I um, decided to fly out to L.A., and her parents were going to meet us at the airport hotel. And honestly, I don't remember the name of the hotel, but it's right there, obviously, as you get off the uh, plane, so to speak. And anyway, we were so excited to fly out there. Now, I, being a little country girl, still somewhat naive, and she was from Chicago. So she was like this real savvy Chicago, yeah, you guys. That's the first time I'd heard that term, you guys. But anyway, so, so what happened was we got on the plane. Everything was fine. We flew out there. And before we left, though, she taught me into buying this identical maroon jumpsuit just like hers. Now, you have to understand, we're 19. We're kind of naive for our age, even though she claims she wasn't. It had no back to it, so it was a jumpsuit, sort of like an apron in the front with a little spaghetti string tied around the neck, 
and we had really long hair. I mean, we could almost sit on our hair. And we had some maroon slingback heels to go with it because we felt that no one knew who we were. We were going to spend one night at the hotel, and our parents would come down and pick us up the next day. So once we got there, we changed into that. We were laughing, like, oh, my gosh, we're so risque. And we decided to go for a walk around the block. And we thought uh-uh. to ourselves, what in the world could happen? We're just, <laughs> we're just going to walk around the block. So now as we're, in, <laughs> as we're sashaying, because we're putting a little swing to our walk, so this car comes up, and this guy yells out, hey, Chiquita. Two dollars. Well, I went, oh, please. And my friend said, excuse me, this is $100 stuff. And I was flabbergasted. I told her to shut up. We don't know where we are. We don't know these people. And they drove off laughing. So we thought, okay, fine, we've escaped. We've escaped that. But just when we thought everything was okay, we hear these three women coming up behind us, and they're yelling obscenities at us. And the only thing I understood was, get off our street. This belongs to us. (laughs) So my girlfriend, uh, she said, she turned around, she said, hey, I'm from Chicago. I'm tough, and she's from the farm. She can whip your butts. And I'm like, what does it being from the farm have to do with that? You know, but anyway, so they started chasing us. And I told her, I said, I think we ought to run. So we ran back to the hotel lobby, went inside, and the guy on duty at the desk came towards us because it was all glass in the front, and he could see that we were being chased. So anyway, he said something to them, and they left. And he told us, he said, how old are you guys? And we said, we're 19. And he goes, well, you look like you're 16 or 17. So I suggest you go to your room, lock your door, and don't come out. Those are prostitutes. And I'm like, oh, my God, we just met prostitutes. And that was my story, flying out to LA. <laughs> Very good, Margaret. Very good. Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, guys can't do things like that, <laughs> fortunately. <laughs> but uh, okay, I want to hear something from Jim Harris, Captain Jim Harris. Jim, you got something that'll top that? Jim Harris is thinking, and so far I'd come up with anything that's funny that I can tell on the show here. <laughs> so, so at the moment, I don't have anything to add to it. Nothing. Happened. I thought I remembered Nothing. you. Go ahead. ahead. You may have. I I thought I remembered uh, Jim talking about being on Bourbon Street down in New Orleans and talking about how much fun that was. Oh, it was way fun. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I guess I got a kind of a funny story. Um, We were on Bourbon Street, and uh, one of our illustrious captains, he had a couple of drinks along the way. And there's some guy selling balloons. And our illustrious <laughs> captain was already. smoking. <laughs> and our illustrious captain, captain was smoking. And, of course, his cigarette's hot on him, so he popped a few balloons. I think you probably know he bought all the balloons the guy had. <laughs> and, and darn glad to get them. 
<laughs> and they were balloons. Oh, they were real genuine balloons. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. He, he well, bought them all. <laughs> you know, I do. I do remember a few layovers uh, down on Bourbon Street. We used to Royal Sinesta, I believe, the hotel where we had. That, that's correct. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we got in trouble on some of us, and I used to fly with Justin Griner, who who lived there. Oh, and, God. Uh, on what, what a great Street, guy. Right, yeah, right across from uh, Bourbon. And uh, uh, he would always bid uh, Mardi Gras, and, and I flew with him for a whole month during Mardi Gras, and so naturally we were there during the Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras the Rex Parade or whatever they, get, they call it, Rolling Rex or something like that. And the streets were crowded, and, and the floats came by, and, and uh, uh, we we uh, uh, managed to get by. If you turn right and head toward the river, uh, there's uh, legs that come out of a window. You remember that, uh, Jim After, Harris? Oh yeah, they're in, yeah they're in the a cap- swing. Yeah, and uh, so the swing has come forward. You see a pair of legs come yeah, out through the window. Well, the flight engineer that was on that trip he got hit by those legs <laughs> on the on the uh, outward swing uh, that the uh, gals used in this bar and i guess everybody's seen i don't know whether they still do those uh swinging uh girls or not from that from that bar down from the hotel i hope they i've do. been there uh been haven't been there in years and years now uh We've got Janie, and Janie, I know you've had a few experiences when you were young and when you were a flight attendant, so choose whichever story you want to tell us, and uh, and we will think of some more, okay? You're up, Janie. Well, I'm thinking of about three or four, so I'll save the most colorful to the last okay. minute because it's a jaw dropper, but I'll tell you one now that was probably pulled on several boyfriends during um, – flight attendants in their flying years. So my girlfriend had one too many or maybe three too many boyfriends, and one shows up, flies into town to see her, and she doesn't know what she's going to do. So she lets me know I've got to fake a call from a cruise and that we've got to get her out of town <laughs> and specifically to the airport to take this um, fake flight. So I – called her on one line and pretended I was Joel from Cruise Scheduling, drafter. And so this particular flight was one that I would normally fly, but not on this day. But I knew what time they'd be at the gate and so forth. So, so of course, he was persistent that he was going to take her to the airport. And I said, okay, well, I'll meet you at the airport. So we'll have to drive home in three days. I'll have my car there. So I went ahead to the Atlanta airport, and those days it was all open. So he persisted to park and walk her to the gate, and so I told her what gate to be at. And so we get there, and the guys uh, are about from the cockpit are kind of coming up slowly and like, oh, hi, Janie, what are you doing here today? Oh, hey, I'm flying, you know, I picked up a trip. So here comes my girlfriend, Barbara. So we get on the flight. I said, well, we got to leave. You better do your kisses goodbye because we've got to go pre-flight the aircraft. So we walk up the stairs and get on the aircraft, and we wait a while. And the front end crew is like, Janie, what are you doing here today? I go, just go with it. 
flow with it. So we gave it about 15 minutes, and then we walked down the steps, uh, walked across the tarmac, caught the flight crew bus, and went to the, the parking lot and drove back and stayed at my apartment for two days because she was hiding out from him. <laughs> now, this probably happened to her more than once. It only happened to me twice in 10 years and uh, five months. So that's a pretty good average. But I will say it's not the first time or the last time it will ever happen with flight attendants. No. You so know, that is a, a story that I can tell. <laughs> okay. You know, there, there are so many things uh, about Cruiscad that we, we just didn't appreciate. We only remember the times uh, like uh, Christmas Eve when they would call us and uh, we'd already always faked the fact that we've had one too many eggnogs, and uh, but they were very very helpful, uh, especially to my late partner and I. And uh, we we had a school and we traveled around the country uh, teaching it. And Cruzgad used to work uh, wonderful with us and put somebody else on our trips when we needed to get off. And and uh, uh, and also our alibis a lot of times they became our alibis you know well you can call cruzgad if you don't believe me and (laughs) i don't know whether you and our supervisors they were like our sisters and brothers bill stern Dottie teague they were wonderful yeah oh boy i have a funny Uh, story all right you got it you're up next sharon okay I got it now. <laughs> you got it now. <laughs> this was a New York City layover, and I have three sisters that live in New Jersey. And I was flying with a friend of mine, Candy, um, and she is a black girl. And we all decided to go to Tavern on the Green for lunch. Now, we were supposed to be picked up like around 4 o'clock and, and go out to Kennedy for our trip. But anyway, we're sitting there in the Tavern on the Green, and Candy uh, was sitting with us. So there was four girls, five girls, and two little old ladies were sitting across from us, and they kept staring at us. And um, she goes, oh, you girls are having so much fun. And, And my one sister said, yeah, we're all sisters here. Then they looked at Candy, and Candy says, our daddy was a rolling stone. <laughs> and they just looked. And and uh, so we go back to the hotel, and the bus had already left. So we had already oh. had a couple of cocktails. So my sister had this old Ford, and we all hopped in her car, and she drove us out to Kennedy, and we almost missed our flight. I was in, I was in my civvies still. Mm-hmm. And I went to cruise scheduling. And he goes, what are you doing here? Go get on the plane. So I ran down the stairs and got on the plane. And the senior flight attendant just ripped me about being late and about smelling like I had alcohol. But anyway, <laughs> I worked the flight home. But the funny part was actually when the little old lady, <laughs> sweet little old ladies, I should say, looked at us and we <laughs> said we were all we're sisters. sisters. <laughs> and we were basically we were having a great time. Yeah. Oh, there are so many stories that uh, we had uh, during our flying years. But I want to go back to the classroom 
<laughs> of that A&P shop course that I was taking. I did finally get my A&P uh, certificate and and um, graduated from high school. At the same time, we had three hours of shop and three hours of uh, academic work to in order to get our diploma. Worked out pretty good for me, but I remember old Jonesy. I mean, he he was always up to something, and we had been assigned to take down and clean uh, uh, some areas of the engine. Now, folks, these were not jet engines because jet engines at that time were just coming around to aircraft, and these were old reciprocating, big old round engines with a lot of cylinders uh, displayed and lots of rows of them. And so we took down the engine and we were cleaning the parts and, and Jonesy was cleaning the bearings. I don't know, those bearings might have been around the crankshaft. And, uh, but he decided that he was going to dry them off quickly. So he took the air hose and holding oh, no. those ball bearings in his hand, he let bla mm -hmm. a blast of air uh, in his fist and it opened his fist and it threw those ball bearings every which away in that in that shop room. I mean, they were bouncing off everything. <laughs> but that was his quick way of drying out the ball bearings. Uh, and then one one time we used to as as now this is a kid prank. Uh, we would all bring our sandwiches to school and eat uh, uh, during the lunch break. And when I was in the uh, sheet metal shop, we used to cut the sheet metal the size of uh, the white loaf bread and take the ham out and then with the mayonnaise slide in the, uh, the sheet metal and close the sandwich back up, wrap it up best we could. And of course that was someone else's sandwich. But these were, these were the smart ideas we came up to graduate uh, from high school. Can you believe that? Yeah. I do believe that. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. <laughs> All right. Who wants to share another one? I have a question. Yes, Sharon. Um, Janie, were you based in Miami? I was based in Miami and then Atlanta, but... This is the real strange thing that I discovered after about, about a year after I'd gotten into Atlanta. There was another Janie Hughes, and she stayed in Miami. And I, I knew that over the years. I never found I never found her, never met her. But I would have passengers that would tell me that. So when we were at the uh, convention in Tampa this year for Silverliners, I actually met uh, a couple people who knew that Janie Hughes, and I guess she had, um, I think she passed away, unfortunately, way too young, um, uh, to maybe three years ago, but um, she and I both, I suppose, had similar traits. We were both blonde and we were about the same size, I think. But um, I think that she had um, a larger blouse size than I did. 
based on what I was told. So uh-huh. um, that's as much as I could. Yeah. So that was really nice hearing some good things about her when I was at the Silverliners convention when we were doing our show, um, and we were the Golden Girls, and Sandy Clemen, which, of course, unfortunately lost her husband last night. I'm sure everybody knows that now, to open heart surgery. Well, she, Sandy played Blanche, and oh, I gosh. played Rose, and Kay was Dorothy. So we did the Silver Liner show in Tampa, and we won <laughs> because yes, we all did. practiced like professionals. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that was when I found out more about that Janie Hughes that you're probably thinking of. Now, I was based um, in Miami about six months, and Bill Stern was my supervisor, and Susan Fox was my, the beautiful Susan Fox was um mm-hmm. In training school, she's the one that taught me the six weeks training during that time. And I think she lives in Lake Wells now. I haven't seen her. I think she's Susan Sullivan. She actually introduced Sandy Kleeman to her first husband. Yes. Uh Oh, okay. Well, if you have any Janie Hughes stories, you may want to check them out now. And I'll tell you if it's the girl, (laughs) me or the girl with the larger size blouse. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I was just wondering because she uh, was right. Uh, no, Sharon, you said that uh, Sandy Pearl's husband died. Sandy, uh, Sandy Kleeman, Sandy Kleeman, K L E M O N D, and she's yeah, vice Sandy. president of Silver yeah, Liners. Right. And um, yes, and I just saw it on Facebook today in the okay. Silver Liners uh, notes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just talked yes. to Sandy Clement. She was on the radio show here a few weeks ago and didn't mention any illness or anything like that. Well, open well, heart surgery, I think, sometimes comes as yeah. a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, uh, how about Margaret? Have you thought of another one? Or Jim Harris, have you thought of another one? Jim, Jim Harris hasn't thought of anything else yet. <laughs> He's working on Well, I'm enjoying <laughs> Well, I'm enjoying listening to the story, so I'd like to hear more of that. And I thought of uh, a topic uh, just a moment ago, and I wondered, uh, those of you that were flight attendants and maybe even the pilots as well, what were some of the pickup lines that you got (laughs) while you were flying? Oh, God. (laughs) Some of them you can't repeat. Oh, okay. Okay, pick up lines. Let me see. Let me. Oh, Sandy Woodward, colorful girlfriend of mine that I always flew with, and she would fly uh, the Tampa layover with me along with Norma and Rose so that we could go and stay at my parents' beach house. My dad would pick us up at the airport in the station wagon and haul in our little red suitcases. He was so proud. And he just called all the girls his daughters. We used to lay over at my parents' house. They were My parents were so wonderful. One day some, he was carrying like three suitcases and trying to pick up the fourth. It was a DC-8 stretch crew. And this man goes, oh, do you need any help? He goes, no, no, thank you. He goes, so how do you get, you know, beautiful, four beautiful girls? He says, they're all my daughters, and you better watch it. And so (laughs) he goes, well, why don't they look like each other? And Sandy speaks up and says, because we had different mothers, you fool. (laughs) 
Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy uh, well, I, Woodward, oh my God, I've tried to find her. She's so, the most colorful, interesting person. And my parents adored her from Biloxi, Mississippi. And she was a dead ringer for Elizabeth Taylor. So uh, I always had to protect her on the flights. We used to fly together and work the famous restaurant flights. And she was incredible. Men were always hitting on her. And she would come back to the galley and say, uh, that guy in 3A, do you suppose he shaves with the lights out? <laughs> you know, God bless him. He wasn't the best looker in the world, but he was sweet. Well, you know, um, <laughs> you know, Jeannie, uh, it happens to flight crews, too. The guys, sometimes we visit a bar or two uh, on a layover, and, and I was I remember in Richmond, I, I quickly changed clothes and and ran down to the bar. It was kind of lively and had a nice van, I remember, on the layovers. And by golly, uh, there was a gal sitting there that used a pickup line on me. And, mm-hmm. you know, that completely shocked me. I almost fell off my bar stool. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it did happen to the male crew members as well. The guys were always. You know, I like, know. That's why well, Mickey Gilly wrote that song. The girls all get yeah, prettier at closing you. time. God, I want to play that. I got to get that for the next show, <laughs> Mickey Gilly. <laughs> I love that. The other layover I had, my girlfriend that I flew, a beautiful girl, African-American girl. We were in Memphis, and we wanted to go to the famous barbecue place. I don't think we were staying at the Peabody. Eastern couldn't afford that. But we were going to go to a barbecue place downtown. And um, she convinced me that I would look fabulous in her uh, huge wig of black hair. So I did wear it. Got a lot of comments at the barbecue place. Um, <laughs> we had great layovers in, oh, my God, where was the Ed Roberts Hotel? That was in Chicago. That was Chicago. Wasn't Ed yeah, Roberts? Morton Grove. Morton that, Grove that, was, yeah. that was Ed's beds in Chicago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ed's beds, yeah. that's what we referred that to. That was owned by yeah. the mob, Ed, right? Ed's beds. Yeah, it was. That's what we yeah. always thought. Yeah, mm. good breakfast in the morning <laughs> when you were left to go on your trip after the layover. and Yeah, a good place, very homey type of uh, layover facility. Anyone else got a story? Well, since you're talking about Ed's beds, <laughs> Ed's um, beds. I had a New Year's Eve trip up there, and we all went out all night long. We didn't, we didn't sleep, and we had to do a... A red eye. Why was a red eye? It was because it was we were all red eyed. <laughs> yeah. But what happened was, if anybody remembers those scrambled eggs that were underneath like a little uh, hat, and you took the little hat off and squished down the eggs. Anybody remember those? I do. Well, we yeah we ended up we were all out of it and. Uh, not too bad, but we burned the eggs, and the smell was terrible. And <laughs> it wasn't funny, but when we got on the ground, we were just all like, oh, my gosh. And the poor passengers, I don't know what they thought because some of them had burnt eggs. Some of them they were, like, green under those little hats. 
But I remember that because I was mortified at the time because, you know, you're just a kid and <laughs> didn't, didn't plan on having a hangover. And I'm thinking, gee, am I going to be able to open a door if we can get out of this plane if we need to? And everybody said, oh, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. <laughs> well, I think the passengers cool. were far more forgiving. If 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 you were animated and fun and lively they were far more forgiving if we were short of meals and i was short of kosher <laughs> meals always right. coming into miami from new york and if you were humorous uh, that used to get me through the biggest messes and coming up on the holidays did it was anybody flying in and out of buffalo when we used to have that guy that always dressed like santa claus and rode oh, yeah. in first class, and I mean, it was incredible. We were delayed one time for about three hours, and we all got off the airplane and had snowball fights with the passengers <laughs> <laughs> and the Santa Claus. Oh, that was so much fun. Well, Janie, I don't know if that was legal, but I guess it was. I want to hear that that the one that you say for last. Oh, boy. oh is it time? Yeah, I've got a Okay, I'm going to give it to you. Here. I'm not I'm not going to save anybody. Okay, here we go. So, once again, and my girlfriend Sandy Woodward, I love you wherever you are and I think you're still in Atlanta. Uh you married the man of your dreams. He was rich on liquor stores and you wind up with two Yorkies and no children. Anyway, so <laughs> she was dating this handsome, gorgeous man and um she comes up to Cruzgad and I was going up the staircase with her, and she comes into Cruzgad, and Joel, that I just adored, was there, and Dottie, they were coming down the hall, and Dottie goes, you are not past riding in that unless you've got clothes under it, and of course, it was a full-length mink coat. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and of course, she's about the third girlfriend I had that I knew that had a full-length fur coat. I only got, like, you know, a fox to the thighs. But anyway, she had this beautiful, I, I swear it was the black gamma, the most expensive, with that those beautiful Elizabeth Taylor eyes. And Joel was like... His mouth just dropped open when he saw her uh, coming to check her mail and pick up her passes. And he goes, my God, Sandy, how in the world did you get that? She says, what do you think, Joel? The same way the foxes get them. The same way the (laughs) minks get them. (laughs) I mean, this girl was so clever. She was so gorgeous. Men would be following her down uh, the airport. It was like a parade when she showed up at the airport. (laughs) That's funny. Oh, golly. Well, these are great stories. We're going to have to do this again. This is this is a lot of fun. And we'll get yeah. Jim to remember a few stories. I know you've got a few things that you could you, you can make us laugh with, can, Jim. Hey, probably nothing I can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a few things that uh you you gals brought to my mind too and I said no I can't I can't do that <laughs> <laughs> but you know uh when we get our age uh, it's good to bring back memories uh funny uh some mm-hmm. sad but I found this on the internet 
and I wanted to share it with you. And one more time, it's, it was posted, and I got a lot of comments about it. And it's called The Fourth Quarter. The guy that did it did a good job in writing it. And here it is. This is one of the nicest and most gentle articles I've read. In a while, no politics, no religion, and no racial issues, just food for thought. You know, time has a way of moving quickly and catching you unaware of the passing years. It seems just like yesterday that I was young and embarking on my new life. Yet, in a way, it seems eons ago, and I wonder where all the years went. I know that I have lived them all. I have glimpses of how it was back then and all my hopes and dreams. However, here it is, the last quarter of my life, and it catches me by surprise. How did I get here so fast? Where did the years go and where did my youth go? I remember well seeing older people through the years and thinking that those older people were years away from me and that I was only the first quarter and that for the, the fourth quarter was so far off that I could not visualize, I could not visualize it or imagine fully what it would be like. Yet here it is. My friends are retired and getting gray. They move slower, and I see an older person now. Some are in better and some worse shape than me, but I see the great change. They're not like the ones that I remember who were young and vibrant, but like me, their age is beginning to show, and we are now those older folks that we used to see and never thought we'd become. Each day now, I find that just getting a shower is a real target for the day, and taking a nap is not a treat anymore. It's mandatory because if I don't, on my own free will, I will fall asleep where I sit. And so now I enter into the season of my life unprepared for all the aches and pains and the loss of strength and ability to go and do things that I wish I had done but never did. But at least I know that though I'm on the last quarter and I'm not sure how long it will last, that when it's over on this earth, it's over and a new adventure will begin. Yes, I have regrets. There are things I wish I hadn't done, things I should have done, but Truly, there are many things I'm happy to have been done. It's all in a lifetime. So if you're not on the last quarter yet, let me remind you that it will be here faster than you think. So whatever you would like to accomplish in your life, do it quickly. Don't put things off. Don't put things off too long. Life goes by so quickly. So do what you can today, as you can never be sure whether you're on the last quarter or not. You have no promise that you will see all the seasons of life. So live for today and say all the things that you want your loved ones to remember. 
and hope that they appreciate and love you for all the things that you have done for them in all the past years. Life is a gift to you. Be happy. Have a great day. Remember, it is health that is real wealth and not pieces of gold and silver. You may think going out is good, but coming home is better. You forget names, but it's okay because some people forgot they even knew you. You realize you're never going to be really good at anything like golf, but you like the outdoors. The things you used to care to do, you aren't as interested in anymore, but you really don't care that you aren't as interested. You sleep better on a lounge chair with the TV on than in bed. You call it pre-sleep. You miss the days whenever work was with just an on and off switch. You tend to use more four-letter words, what and when. You have lots of clothes in your wardrobe, more than half of which you will never wear, but just in case you keep them there. Old is good. Old is comfortable. Old is safe. Old songs, old movies, and best of all, friends of old. So stay well, old friend. Have a fantastic day. Have an awesome quarter, whichever one you're in. Take care. Had you guys uh, ever seen that uh, article that was posted? I sent no, it when you posted it. I sent it to everybody I know. It, I thought yeah. it was just so clever and so kind yeah. and yeah. and makes you really stop and think. It really did. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, several, uh, several of us are in the fourth quarter, uh, but... Uh, Hopefully we'll score a touchdown a few a few times <laughs> during the play. <laughs> well, yeah. Neil, it makes me want to run right out now, settle down, grab a rich husband. I'm kidding. I'm starting to go towards that. So I need to get out there. So out there in uh, Radio Land, I'm available. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh wow! And uh, Margaret and I have a new show that we started here a couple of weeks ago and um, it's for our neighborhood and probably some of you know that uh, I'm in real estate or I have been in real estate for 50, 55 plus years and um, so real estate in Atlanta on Lake Lanier and here and there in Florida and had a school here and um, Margaret, that's how I met Margaret. and she started with me back when we did the first radio show. And mm-hmm. uh, so we're doing a, a live talk radio show here in the St. John, St. Augustine area. And it's called, where I live, World Golf Village. And it's home of the World Golf Hall of Fame. And I live just down at the other end of where the hall sits. And uh, so we decided to do this show. It's kind of a community show. We have so many neighborhoods uh, joining World Golf Village, 
Uh, and uh, so we decided to do that, and I think it's going to be real good. Uh, I'm really Saint happy Augustine about Augustine is so exciting. Yeah, it is. And we talk about it. And uh, historical. Uh, my sister and I went there during the time that the Spaniards come to visit um, yeah. to celebrate being uh, a family of St. Augustine. There were uh -huh. so many in town then. And riding a little trolley, going to all yeah. the hotels, seeing the fort. Uh, going to university, uh, just so many things. Yeah. And um, I bought a book from a lady there at the bookstore at, uh, at the college, and it was a a book from her a relative. Maybe it was her brother, and who had climbed Mount Everest. Um, wow. There's so many interesting people wherever you are. Yeah. And then she stayed in touch with me and sent me an article that she had found about him later. I still have that book in my collection of books. Wow. But St. Augustine is so beautiful, so historical, so much fun. And we're enjoying talking about it too, Margaret and I. And um, you can add your voice by just calling us and uh, have a website. I'm going to put it out there. It's WGVR. And I guess the WGV would be World Golf Village, but it's WGVR-radio.com. And there you can I was going to tune in service. the other day, but I was in the middle of the storm here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, the, the coastline down, I guess maybe where you are, I'm not sure, but the coastline around Melbourne, it's all sinking. So, so the houses are falling into the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, that's I'm pretty sure you've seen that on the news. Yeah. I remember layovers in Melbourne. I love the Pelican restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, Melbourne's a neat town. Yeah, a neat layover. Okay, guys. Well, we're approaching our sign-off time, and I'm going to play a little bit of uh, Willie. I mean, not Willie Nelson, but uh, by the way, Merle Haggard and Willie Nelson. They were quite a combo when they got together to sing. You guys, uh, you, you like Merle Haggard? Yeah, I love Merle Haggard, and everybody else did for the concerts that he would actually show up for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's probably off in some prison, which he shared, and maybe a cell with Johnny Cash or whatever. But uh, he, he, he they wrote were over 400 songs. Over 400, so he's a prolific writer. A lot of uh, big-name stars uh, uh, sang his songs. So here's Willie, and um, we're going to sign off with a little Willie Nelson. The airplane has landed. I forgot to land the airplane, so we made a gear up landing. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, thanks, guys, for sharing. Guys. In the sun. Really enjoyed hearing them, and I think Margaret did too, Margaret. I did certainly. Yeah. Uh, fun. Sharon, want to see your number on my producer board as often as you can. I will. I will we'll be, there. be there. All right, guys. <laughs> thanks so much. Now go out and have a good day. You too. Thank you, Neil. Yeah. Oh, it's fading out of sight. 
Thank you. 